when you're up against a hostile room of people who don't want to be there, you need real strategies that get results. Welcome to From Hostage to Hero, the show that gives you practical advice you can use right now in the courtroom, boardroom, or classroom. Learn how to move your unwilling audience to one that is invested in what you're saying, eager to participate, and engaged in the process. Learn from the attorney whisperer herself, your host, Sari Delamont. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of From Hostage to Hero. I'm your host, Sari Delamont, with you today, the Attorney Whisperer. And um, we have another special episode for you. I've kind of put the four podcasts that I had recorded before all of this shit went down on hold um, to get you some special episodes uh, because I think we need to come together right now as uh, a profession and uh, as people who support each other. And different things have been emerging nearly every day. The situation changes. And so today, what I'd like to talk about is how to lean into the pause. You know, I, I couldn't help but think about the the similarities between how we resist pausing in communication and how we are now resisting pausing as a nation and as a world. You know, when I started my my work, um, even before I started my work, I, I'll go back to when I was teaching piano and uh, working in the music world, the, the rests in music, you know, we have the notes that we play and then there's rests that punctuate um, the, the music text. Even when I was teaching, I would constantly have to be reminding my students to not ignore the rest and they would just blow right past them and, and not give silence the proper time that's notated in the score. And then when I transitioned over into presentation coaching, I was constantly having to do the same thing with my presentation clients and tell them to build in more pausing and to stop running all their sentences together and to slow down and and give the audience some time to to track with them. And now as I'm working with attorneys in addition to the presentation skills and 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 also helping you pause. Um, when we're in voir dire, same thing. Instead of actually leaning into the pause and being in the silence as the jurors speak, you guys and gals go into your head and you start to think about what you're going to say when the juror stops talking. Because why? We're afraid of the pause. We don't want there to be silence, whether it's in music, whether it's in a presentation, or whether it's in a conversation. And I think that this is a really big mistake. We are missing the power and the wisdom that lives and exists within the pause. So let's talk about why we are so afraid of the pause and why we don't like it. You know, I, I think it really comes down to two things. First, we're afraid to not know, okay? We, we, when we're in a presentation, so often I will hear from uh, the people I'm working with that the pause is scary because they 
they think it communicates to the audience that they don't know what's next or they have forgot their line, quote unquote. Um, They're afraid basically that it makes them look like they don't know what they're doing or what they're talking about. When the opposite is actually true, when you do uh, or allow a pause in a speech or presentation with good breathing, it communicates you have command of yourself and of the audience and of the space. And yet for some reason, we have bought into the idea that every available vacuum must be filled, right? Any space, any lack of speaking must be spoken into. And and I think, again, it's because we're afraid of what we think silence means and silence communicates. We think it communicates that we don't know. If we're in Wadir, for example... And the juror stops talking and we don't have something to say immediately afterwards. We believe that communicates that we don't have command of the situation, that we don't have uh, our facilitation skills down. And again, nothing could be further from the truth. And I'll talk about why in just a minute. But I think even more importantly, and, and what's really happening in the world right now is that the pause is is avoided, whether that's the pause in our lives or the pause in our presentations, but, but primarily here in the pause in our lives, is that we are afraid to stop. We want to be in constant motion. We always want to be advancing. We always want to be doing. We always want to be busy. You know, when we talk to each other, how are you doing? Most of us say, oh, I'm so busy. And we wear it like a badge of honor. And and here's what I notice in my coaching and in my world and in myself, quite frankly, is that when we are in constant motion, when we are constantly doing, what that allows us to do is to distract ourselves from what we're really feeling and what is really going on. And that's why we don't want to be or lean into the pause. Because if we do, we're afraid of what lives there and what truth might come to the surface about how we're living our lives, how we are tolerating things we shouldn't be tolerating, how we are not in alignment with our values, how we are eating too much or drinking too much. That's what I believe is really the issue with our avoidance of pausing in general, is that it means we have to slow down and we have to look at our shit. Here's what I want to offer to you, is that we don't need to be afraid of pausing. And more so, if we really lean into the pause, we will find massive wisdom there. One of the reasons, for example, that meditation is so difficult for people is that we can't easily stop the flow of thoughts. But I think once you get into meditation and you start to really be able to hone that flow, a second reason emerges of why meditation is difficult. And that's because so much great wisdom comes up during meditation. At least it does for me in that I'm trying to turn my brain off. But at that point, my brain is like, oh my gosh, you finally have settled down and are quiet. Here's all these great ideas I have for you. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's like meditation is the one moment in my world, in my life, where I finally slow down enough that my brain can say, and my inner wisdom can speak and say, here's all these great things I've been wanting to ch- share with you if you would only just slow the fuck down for a moment. That's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about the wisdom that lives in the pause and how our constant busyness is getting in the way of really stepping into our wisdom and our greatness. And for whatever reason, the world is in a great pause right now. And this is a huge opportunity for you to slow down and find the wisdom that lives in this space. I mean, when we go back and we talk about the pause in terms of, of these three contexts that I brought up the at the beginning of the episode, we're talking about, for example, music. The rest is there to accentuate the notes, meaning the notes become more important because the rests or the pause are present. And the same is true in presentations. When I teach you to pause and I have you slow down, especially around big moments like the rule or or whatnot, that accentuates the actual point that you want to make. It allows your audience to, to catch up with you. When you pause in a presentation, it allows your inner wisdom to speak and let you know what the next thing is to say. This is why... I never have my trial attorneys memorize their content or or read from a script. Why? Because I want them to start to learn how to recognize and lean on their inner wisdom and the way that they access that inner wisdom and that inner knowing and that knowledge and that preparation is through leaning into the pause and trusting that whatever they need to know, whatever they need to say next that it's there because it is there. It's not even a question of whether it's there or not. The question is, are you going to give it space to emerge? You know, there's wisdom in the pause in voir dire. For who? For both you and the jurors. When you pause after a juror speaks, a couple things happen. One, whatever needs to be asked or said next you give space to emerge. But second, you also do that for the jurors. And if there's more to say or something else that they want to add, there's space for that now. Instead of you rushing in to fill the space because you're afraid. Right now, life as we know it is paused. And there is wisdom here too, if you lean into the pause. We want to fill the space by doing, but what if we took this time instead to really lean in to being? You know, as a co-active coach, both Kevin, my husband, and I are trained as co-active coaches. Co-active means that we both lean into and help our clients lean into both the being space and the doing space, meaning When we are doing and we're constantly in motion, we're constantly taking action and it's not connected to who we are, then the doing is for naught. It is absolutely just doing for doing's sake, which is basically like spinning your wheels or being in a hamster wheel. But the flip side is also true. If we just stay in being and we just stay in learning about ourselves and we never take action in our lives, then we never move forward. 
Now, I'm not worried about y'all. You guys are all in the doing space. So I'm not worried that you're not taking action in your lives. What I am worried about is that you don't take the time to be in the being space, to really dig in to who you are. And, And this time has been forced upon you, forced upon all of us. And it would be very, very tempting to go into this and say, okay, I've been given this time. Now what do I do? And what I'm going to suggest is that you instead ask yourself, how do I want to be? Who am I? Those are the real questions that you can dig into at this time. You know, in in times of uncertainty, doing for the sake of doing is pointless. It's like being out on the ocean and furiously trying to sail your ship around looking for a place to dock where you don't even know where the hell you're going or if the dock is open. Learning to lean into the pause means that you're going to pull and and let your anchor down. And my question to you is what is anchoring you right now? What anchor can you let down and really get still? For me, that's family right now. My daughter's not in school. She's four. She's going to be going to kindergarten in the fall. I will never have this time again with her. I will never have this time to be with her like I can be with her now when she's at home with me. I'm going to lean into that. There's some wisdom there for me. Just watching her navigate all of this, there's wisdom there. Another anchor for me is self-care. As many of you know, I'm getting over pneumonia. And it's really important for me to take time right now to rest, which means maybe a nap in the afternoon, or to decrease my normal workout routine and just go on walks with my family, to take time and to have some space and really take care of myself so that I don't overdo it coming out of of my recovery with pneumonia. Another anchor for me is coaching, both the coaching I do with my clients and helping them process what's happening right now and finding out who they really are because some amazing shit is happening right now. You know, you would expect that people are showing up to coaching sessions uh, with fear and trepidation and worry, and that is happening with a lot of my clients. Don't get me wrong. But so many of my clients, and same is happening with Kevin, are showing up with renewed energy and enthusiasm. And my client said the other day, exhilaration. Why? Because the crisis that is happening right now in our world has forced them to pause and make a decision about who they are. And these clients are showing up in these amazing ways, many of them because they have been in coaching and they recognize this moment, which is why I'm sharing it with those of you who are listening who maybe haven't been in coaching as a moment that they can seize upon and change the trajectory of their lives. And they're doing it. And there's some guilt around it, which I thought was kind of funny because there's so much pain and and fear and worry in the world that it feels almost odd to be exhilarated and, and excited about the possibilities here. And so what I'm going to suggest to you, if this is you and, and the clients who I've been working with, is to ditch the guilt. That's exactly what this time is made for. We don't serve anyone by jumping in the, the pool of despair just because everyone else is. Not that is judging those of you who are feeling despair right now. What I'm saying is everyone is where they are and we need to be in that. 
for now. But the point is, is that there are these anchors that I have, family, self-care, coaching, that are helping me stand still instead of what my impetus is, is to do. I mean, how many of you even three weeks ago were thinking, oh my God, if I could just slow this down, if I could just press pause, if I could just, you know, step back for a moment, if I could just catch my breath. That's what this industry was doing three weeks ago. I know y'all intimately. And you're constantly busy, constantly overwhelmed, constantly feeling like you don't have enough preparation. And so something like this comes along. And what is it that we want to do? What's the big temptation? Oh, now I have all this time for extra doing. (laughs) That's where we go, isn't it? I know that's where I went. It was like, oh, I better really use this time well because I never have enough time. And now I've been given more time than I know what to do with, so I better use it well. Well, let me just, let me just put this out there. What if using this time well meant doing less instead of doing more? Meant digging in instead of trying to fly right now? What if it meant just being instead of doing? What if that was the best way to use this time and to lean into the pause? Because I really encourage you to do that and to explore the wisdom that is here. Because we can use this time to reconnect to ourself. Resist the urge to do, do, do and distract yourself. And instead, use this time to reconnect to who you are and what you want and what you value. And, and in that realm, I'm going to give you three powerful questions that you can use during this time. And you can either journal on these or kind of pack one away and go on a walk and be thinking about it. And and I really believe these powerful questions can help you reconnect, recalibrate, and emerge stronger whenever whatever this is ends or morphs or changes or whatever it ends up doing. The first question is, what do I want? So often, (laughs) we have no idea how to answer that question, right? I mean, it's not even a question that we ask ourselves very often because we're so in the being or the doing space. So I really suggest that you ask yourself, what do I want? Both now for this time as this is happening, this pause, and for my life in general. And I think you'll have some really interesting answers float up to the surface if you really allow your mind to play because we often don't ever ask ourselves these questions either because we don't think we deserve to have what we want or we think our life is stuck as the way it is well you know what the world has just shown us that nothing is the way we thought it was and this is a great opportunity for you to recalibrate and check in am I living the life that I want one way to be thinking about this is we use what we call this wheel of life in coaching and it's a, little, a literal wheel. And if you'd like to draw a wheel, you can do that. And the outer wheel is um, 10. And then there's a smaller circle within that, which is nine. And then a smaller circle in that eight, all the way down to zero. So you've got 10 circles, right? The tiniest one at the at the middle point, and then a little bigger circle, bigger, 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 until you get out to 10. And so each one of these is a wedge in this circle. So you've got a wedge for career. 
You've got a wedge for physical environment. That's kind of like where you live, both city, house, country. Um, personal growth has a wedge, money, health, fun and recreation, significant other slash relationships, and family and friends. And sometimes people split that wedge into two separate wedges. And so what you do is you go and you kind of take a, a stock of your life by putting a little dot where your satisfaction is in these areas of your life. Uh, zero or one being you know very little satisfaction to 10 being totally satisfied. And so 10 is at the outer edge and one is toward the, the middle of the circle. And then you kind of look at your wheel and you think, if this was an actual wheel on a car, how bumpy would the ride of my life be right now? It's a great way to take stock. And then once you've taken stock, let's say you look at personal growth or health and you've got a three on there. You can then ask yourself, what would make this a 10? How could I get to 10 in this area? What would need to change? What would need to happen? So that's a great way to take stock. So ask yourself, what do I want? The second powerful question is, how's my life going right now? Take stock of that. And the third question is, what wants to emerge? That's a question that I think we're going to kind of walk around with for the next six to eight weeks. You know, I would love to sit down. Like today, I wanted to sit down. I'm doing this podcast literally the day before it's going to come out. Why? Because I didn't know what I wanted to say until I knew I was ready to say it. And I'd love to sit down here and, and record three or four podcasts like normal, but I just don't think that's going to be relevant. Things are changing day to day, and I want to keep updated with what's happening and where my thoughts are. And so I wait for these messages to come to me before I give them to you. I'm waiting for what wants to emerge. And this is the podcast that came up for me, the episode that came up for me. What's wanting to emerge in your life? And are you willing to lean into the pause and give it some space to emerge? Are you willing to let go of doing right now and, and spend some time in the being space? That doesn't mean we'll never go to doing. Rick Friedman is going to be on uh, a webinar with me next week, April 1st, 11 a.m. Pacific. Make sure you check our Facebook page or our website for information on that. And he's going to talk about some things that trial lawyers can be doing right now. We're calling that webinar, How to Try Cases When Cases Aren't Being Tried. So I'm not saying that there's no space for doing here. What I am saying is that we have an opportunity now to really dig into who we are and to lean into the pause and to express ourselves in a different way and really check in and as life is paused, use this time to figure out how we really want our lives to look so that when things quote unquote go back to normal, we come back to life not as who we were, but as who we want to be and we start living our lives on purpose. Let's not miss op this opportunity. Lean into the pause, my friends. I'm here to help. Kevin is offering free coaching sessions to anybody who wants some coaching right now and just needs to process and uh, contact us for more information. Uh, and uh, you can do that at kevin at sorrydlm.com or you can just uh, email info at sorrydlm.com or just go to our website, sorrydlm.com. All right, my friends, thinking of you constantly. Join us on our Facebook page from Hostage to Hero. Uh, where we talk about more of these things in depth. And um, I'll see you next week. We'll see what emerges then. Bye-bye. That's it for this episode of From Hostage to Hero. 
but head to our website, sarydlm.com, for other must-have resources from Sari Delamart. Read the transcript of this podcast, watch trial tip videos, or download your free copy of Sari's article, Why Jurors Hate the Hobby Question. We're glad you joined us today, and until next time, remember that to lead a hostage to freedom, you must first free yourself.